Whoa. Tom Hanks married a Wilson. I just connected this. You fucking nerd. I, I just connected all of this. Well, oh Brian the puzzle guy. Ready to start yet? Or yeah, my bad. That's that my in? bad. I just I feel like about Danny's that. still like recovering. I'm good. I'm good. All right. All right. I'm solid. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Can We Save the Cat, your entertainment podcast where we attempt to turn a random thought or idea into the next smash hit. In the end, we will all decide if we want to save the project or scratch it. I'm Justin Campbell, producer and writer, and one of the best judges on the show. My handle is at Justin Eugene. Catch me on all social media platforms. I am Brian Hayes, writer and producer. Uh, you can catch me at Bredacted. And I'm Danny Hanks, also looking for a Wilson in my life. Uh, you can find me at Official Danny Hanks. I'm a director producer. All right, so let's uh, let's hear some pitches. I'm I'm just about ready to to make some people feel terrible about bringing bad ideas to the table. It's that kind of Thursday. It is that kind of night. So I will start us off with the home run guys. I live in a neighborhood and in that neighborhood, there is something that I do not like. And that is the HOA. So my concept for this week or my pitch for this week is about a couple that moves in and their HOA is actually a secret covenant. And so they have to like, I don't know, it's right up Justin's alley with horror and evil old people and they just have to battle their HOA. HOA, here we go. Is it called (laughs) HOA? Working title. Hello way. Um, (laughs) So... Mine this week is uh, I listen to a lot of podcasts myself. Uh, Shout out to the one who sort of inspired this last podcast on the left. Uh, A long time ago, they did a podcast about infamous serial killer Joseph Callinger, also known as the Shoemaker. And as you guys know, they say Matt is a hatter. Shoemakers in the olden days used to work with the same kind of chemicals. So he... um, basically went went insane with all of these chemicals and he ended up murdering uh, and torturing a bunch of people, including his teenage son. And the craziest thing was he had schizophrenia. So this entire time he was hallucinating this disembodied head named Charlie who was telling him to murder everybody, right? And he like murdered people alongside his other son that he didn't kill. So like I was thinking of doing like a serial killer horror movie mixed with Sixth Sense-esque thing where we combine Charlie and his son. And so he's like killing alongside his son, who we think is his son. And then, boom, the reveal is that his son is just a figment of his imagination that's gotten crazier and crazier over time and has driven him to kill all these people and doesn't actually exist. I feel weird because you guys went real dark on me there. Those were two dark ones. So like that's usually my area. Um, Mine's kind of a weird one. And one of those pitches where like I have a large concept that needs to be like shrunken and like put together. 
So I want to do like a romantic comedy or drama where a guy is forced by his friends or somebody to go on all these blind dates because the last thing he needs to do in life is like get the relationship, you know, like the next thing on the checklist. They got the career, they got all the stuff they want, but they need that. And for some reason, they've always been happy alone, but everyone tells them they need to be with somebody to really be happy. So kind of like watching someone go through figuring out that being single is okay. Yeah. So it's like a rom-com for self-love. Like an anti-rom-com. Yes. Which I don't think has ever been done, but if it has, I'd really appreciate that person. Cause I don't think that's a story like anyone's delved into or like how much pressures people get put into to be in a relationship. But some people I think probably don't need to be. Okay. So different, right? Very different. Yeah. Okay. So let's vote. Oh, Brian's nervous. Brian, you want to start out with your vote or you want to go last? Oh, geez. I will go last because I really don't know. Uh, I would vote for Danny's just because her sounds so fucking complex. Well, I'm going to I'm going to battle you here, Justin. I feel like I would vote for yours. I feel like, uh, sorry, Brian, I'm going to I'm going to trash your concept this uh, this episode. But between yours and mine, I think we got uh, a winner here, Justin. Oh, it comes down to Brian, does it? Cool. So this is exactly what I didn't want. Um, (laughs) You know, I have actually been doing a lot of self-reflection and therapy and just really trying to figure some things out with myself. So I like this idea of the rom-com of self-love. So I think it would be interesting to see a rom-com where they don't end up with anybody, but they're really satisfied and happy with who they are. Perfect. Let's do it. All righty. Um, I see it as a feature, probably studio film, but like I see it as a feature. I don't know if you, I don't know if I, it even. Yeah. I don't see any way right off the bat, like right now that it could be a sustainable TV show. You could, this is going to be very high concept. You could do a limited series docu-series with it and actually follow people around, even if you did an anthology series, um, but it'd have to be very divided. So I think well, features the way to go. Yeah, I, I mean, I th- yeah, I mean, I think if you were going to go that route, the way you would go about it would say um, you would hold a casting call for people who are happy not being in a relationship and then make it more about the development of their self-love, but that would only be for docu-series because then that's how you create the story yeah those were air quotes by danny by the way so yeah i think i think feature um i'm gonna i'm gonna challenge us here i mean i think that um in general women are more pressured to be in relationships and create families than men so i would push for uh, a, a woman lead especially in the vein of you get to explore my biological clock is ticking and maybe the end result is she decides to become a single mom because she wants the kid, but not the relationship. And she's perfectly valid to do that without having a partner, something like that. Um, I think that's valid. I think for me, even then you're getting into things that have been done, right? If you want to be truly unique, 
the journey that she goes on, which I actually, you know, from the moment Justin mentioned it, I, I thought of a woman as well for some of those same reasons, actually. They are a little bit more pressured. Uh, they do have that biological clock. So I think some of the humor things would also be a little funnier, especially her going on dates and trying and failing. A couple of things stand out to me. One, I don't want that stereotype of like she's super driven in her career, et cetera. That's why she doesn't want, like, I just want it to be, she doesn't want, she could have a great career, but that's not why she doesn't want to be in a relationship. She's just very happy with herself. Uh, Two, the idea of her maybe getting a kid or adopting a kid or being a single mother, et cetera. That's great. But it's still to me would quasi detract from the end result being this is about her loving and finding herself. Sure. Okay. Yeah. I let's think scratch that. The one thing I think would be fair to throw in there is like, she always said her friends could be like, you've always said you want a kid yet. But I was like, I've always said I was going to adopt never that I wanted to like, you know, be pregnant. I just yeah. I planned to have a kid on my own. Like it's never been like, I need to get married to have a kid. Mm-hmm. Cause I kind of want her to be like fighting against her friends. She goes on the path anyways, cause of peer pressure. And that's kind of like, I feel like that's the conflict she goes through is like, people peer pressuring her. Yeah. And she could actually, or absolutely, excuse me, have those aspirations to be a mother and to adopt a kid, but that's not something that I would want to explore in this particular film. I think that's going to be brought up in dialogue at some point. And then Mm -hmm. that's kind of her throwaway line to be like, no, that's not what it's about. So right off the bat, are you thinking more like slapstick romantic comedy or more serious drama with comedy aspects like how are you give me give me an example of something that you're thinking i mean i'm always gonna think witty versus slapstick okay i I don't know if it goes serious or not i mean i would love it to be less serious but i think it's probably gonna have serious moments because it's a topic that can get serious so what comes to mind for me is we already have our inciting incident which is you know her best friend is saying you really don't know what it's like to be in a relationship. You have the potential to find someone happy. You're a beautiful woman. Why don't you just try this dating app? And that's kind of the inciting incident or challenge of like, you know what? 30 dates. That's all I want is for you to go on 30 dates this month. Something like that. We have a little bit of a, a set time. We, we have a, a construct to play with of, of this is the challenge, right? Could you um, use something like, she needs a date for a wedding or something like that. That could be interesting if it's maybe the best friend getting married and the best friend saying, I want you to bring a date to the wedding. Yeah. You know, you're my maid of honor, right? You're the only bridesmaid that doesn't have a partner or you're my maid of honor or whatever. And I really want all the photos to look gorgeous and we're going to find you a date. That's fair. Um, That might make the best friend a little too shallow. Cause my, my next question would be, over the course of Act 1 and Act 2, we're going to have an influence character, at least one, somewhere in there that's going to help her change her view on relationships and the way that she sees herself. And so my question is, is that her best friend who's making her do this? Is that a man that she meets? Is that someone else? I really want it to be like either an older man or older woman who kind of like, she just kind of gets advice from me, whether it be at work or something. And he's like, I've been married and all this stuff, was happy. And I'm, and I'm happy single now. Like, you know, like you can be happy no matter what section you're in, as long as like you, your mental health and everything, you're as good, you're happy. That's what I, in my mind, I picture. Yeah. So in, in the kind of path that I've 
been in my head going down is she needs a date for this wedding. So first off, I don't necessarily think it's shallow because if you've been best man or, you know, getting married or something like that, the brides want it to be set, right? So if there's five guys, they want five girls and everybody's got a date or something like that because they want the numbers to match. They want it to look pretty. So that could be very easily explainable and still have her be a good character without it being shallow. Um, To jump on that, Brian, I also think sometimes your best friend's intentions are like to help you and they don't understand that it's not helping you. You can be a little bit more blunt as a best friend. I think she's trying to say like, I think you'd be happier because I'm happier and I want you to be happy because you're not experiencing what I'm experiencing. So I don't think she's maybe shallow. I think mm-hmm. she like just thinks this is the right thing. So I, I, I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the second thing that I was thinking is, you know, she could have a favorite restaurant or bar that she sets up all these dates at. And as she's waiting for these dates, there is a confidant that she just bumps into at the bar and just, you know, in my mind, it's like a Lena Waithe type character uh, that just is kind of there and just doling out advice, hanging out at the bar, and and they just kind of form a bond that way. Um, but I don't want it to be perceived that they're going to get together. That's the only yeah. thing I worry about with that moment is like, I don't want that character to be like, oh, this is who they're going to end up with at the end. Oh, no, no. So- I was thinking early 20s, or I mean, gosh, it could be mid 30s if we're going with the biological clock, like running jokes and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, And then, so another thing, sorry, Danny, another thing that I was thinking of is I want her to also not be prudish in any way. Like I want her to be very open with the fact that she enjoys having sex and she enjoys, you know, sex with guys, but she doesn't want a relationship. And it's not, she's not a lady about town. She's just, that's who she is. She just doesn't want the relationship. She's very happy. But that's why I was thinking this person that she runs into a confidant would be an older woman that she just kind of talks with and, and forms a relationship with of a uh, mentor mentee thing. So two things, one thing that came to mind when we said um, an influence character, who's kind of like a mentor to her. Um, when I was in college, I had this voice teacher who was um, a much older gay man and he was wonderful. And I feel like that could be, and I mean, in a way, voice teachers really take the place of a therapist for a lot of artists. So for some reason that came to mind, if that fits into any sort of mold. Um, the other thing is, I think it would be really interesting if in act two, she really meets quote unquote, the perfect guy, somebody who is wealthy and has their shit together and is and is a very nice guy and, you know, kind of checks all the boxes, but it's not, the, the compatibility isn't there. You know, it's, it's the kind of thing like... Like they have conversations, but they never seem to like fully connect deeper than like the first two comments. Right. Or it's just simply their their lifestyles are different. You know, he's clearly looking to settle down and have a family. And she's like, just bought her first one bedroom apartment in Manhattan, like legit just bought it and is renovating it. Yeah. And she's like, no, I'm not going to move into a house in the suburbs. That's just not what's going to happen. Yeah. They don't have the right paths. Right. Because I she also, she doesn't have a fit with someone. Yeah. She, her fit is with herself. You know, that that's yep. really what, what it's about is she's perfectly content being alone. Um, so it sounds like to me, correct me if I'm wrong, we have our inciting incident of I'm getting married. You need to bring a partner to the wedding. You have 30, 30 days. days to find it. 
And you know what? I'll help you. I'll make your profile. We're going to swipe right on all these hot guys and we're going to make you go on a bunch of dates. So act one is her kind of going on all of these dates. Maybe she meets this one guy and she keeps passing up everybody. And then the turning point between act one and act two is kind of her friend saying, well, you're just being too picky. Now you're just turning everybody down. What about that one guy? He was so nice. You know, he was so sweet. Why don't you go out with him again? They start dating. They start dating a little bit more seriously, you know, kind of at the um, prompting of her best friend, you know, now instead of it's been two weeks and now there's two more weeks till the wedding and she kind of has to get close enough to this guy to be like, hey, do you want to come to the wedding with me? Meanwhile, she has her mentor who is teaching her all of this stuff and, and really encouraging her to be herself in this relationship. And she's finding it difficult to be herself because of all of the societal expectations placed on her. Uh, it sounds like the climax is probably when we get to the wedding. Um, something big happens at the wedding. He asks her to move to California with him or something something big that, that screams commitment. And she, or maybe it is, she has to decide whether or not she's going to sign the um, the papers to purchase a one-bedroom apartment in Manhattan. Uh, something like that. Real quick. I think 30 days is a tight timeline. I would say 90 days, three months, because then you can allow that relationship to expand a bit. And then it would make something like a move to California or something like that a little bit more realistic. If you say 30 days, like that is a, that is a jump for anybody. So I think if we extend it to three or four months, that still makes sense on a wedding timeline. It also allows her more time for that self-discovery, self-love kind of thing. Whereas 30 days is like, I don't know, 30 days is quick. I got two things. One, what if she had some kind of weird rule? Uh, after three dates, she knows if she wants to date them. After three months, she knows if she wants to be with them. But she doesn't want to be with anybody, right? Correct. That's, that, that's what she's found after every time she's dated someone for three months. She's like, oh, I don't want to be with them. Gotcha. Like, it's just something you could have as, like, a tag for her. Like, even her friends are like, you've never gone longer than three months. And she's like, well, one time, like, what, six months. I think it's, yeah, I think if it's not a rule, I think if it's just, like, a understood like a writer a rule. Yeah, yeah, okay. a pattern. Thank you. I think if it's a pattern, that's that's fine. I, I wouldn't make it, like, I wouldn't make her, like, rule number one. He can't be six feet or taller or something like that. You know what yeah. I mean? So. I like 90 days. I'm now thinking of working titles here. Want to play with the around the world in 80 days? Around the block. Around the block in 90 days? No, so I mean, it Uh, sounds like we have... I have one last thing. Uh, And I don't know if it'll work, but like, tell me. At the wedding, instead of like the incident could be a confusing thing where like she's like, she's clearly doesn't want to date him, right? By the time we get to the wedding. So her idea is like, oh, you know what? I'm going to be his wingman. I'm going to find a girl from here. And he takes it as like a threesome idea where she's <laughs> trying to hook him up and he thinks it's a threesome. And there's a big confusion, which is the blow up where she's like, no, I, I just wanted you to find somebody else. I thought it'd be funny, but I didn't know if that was big enough to be like the incident to, or the climax of it. It would take a really smart writer. Me. But uh, I think. Thank you for recognizing that. <laughs> I think something like that could work where maybe a week before the wedding, she thinks they break up. She tries to break up and go to the wedding as friends. friends. I see her recognizing their friendship and him not recognizing it. That's what I was right. thinking. I was like, 
yeah. she like is totally cool with going with him because she likes him. Right. Still would, still would maybe hook up with him, but like doesn't want to like continue the relationship. So she's like, yeah, totally cool if you hook up somebody else. I'll help you. Yeah. Yeah. So I think if she, in her mind, breaks up with him, they go to the wedding, and then she's like, "We broke up." He's like, "The fuck? No, we didn't." I and then we and a threesome. Then, yeah. Yeah. Right. I think I think that could work in that regards, and it would be a very good climactic battle. My question is, after that, where where do you go for your redemption finale? I don't know. It was just an idea. It sounded funny and it sounded fun, but I was like, I didn't know where to bring it after. Yeah, I think it's great. And I think the problem that we're going to run into with anything at this wedding is basically going to result in a breakup of these two characters. So how do we take that breakup and turn it into where we're going with her. You can I do the classic like three weeks, six months later, and we see them as friends and like he's like with somebody and she's happy. Like you could do that. That's kind of an easy wrap up. I feel like the, the resolution comes more between her and the friend and her and the mentor and less her and the man. I mean, at this point, we don't really care about him, yeah. um, frankly. And it could be, you know, there could be a bit of a bridesmaids moment where she, in a way, ruins the wedding a little bit, not intentionally, but because, you know, this guy is throwing a hissy fit and... um, She's still mic'd up after her speech. Right. She's still (laughs) mic'd up after her speech or something. And it turns into this big thing. You know, the friend gets mad. They go on the honeymoon, whatever. She goes and she kvetches to her mentor person and her mentor person is like, but you know what? I'm proud of you and you really got to be yourself. And here's my life story. And, you know, the resolution is really the friend comes back and she's like, you know, if he acted like that at the wedding anyway, like you were, maybe you were right. Hmm. Um, And they kind of get back together on those terms. What are, the, what are the friends like? You know what? I thought about it. You've never been happier when you're by yourself. You've always been stressed with somebody. So like, yeah. if you're happy, you're happy. I think that's, that's kind of my thing. One, I don't, I think this could be a very interesting movie where nobody is a really bad person. Yeah. Like you could, you could, yeah. you could have this guy be the villain, quote unquote, but make him 100% likable and not necessarily be a villain. So I don't know that I would go down the, everybody saw how he acted and he was a complete jerk, blah, blah, blah. I think I would just make it a misunderstanding. Like he thought they were still together and they were going to have a threesome. Any guy would probably be upset about that. Wait, I went from having a threesome to being dumped. Like this is a massive turn. So I do like the idea of it being. Why don't we we do like three, two weeks later, like after the honeymoon, they're having lunch and they just talk like we need to talk. But I think that's still a little I think there needs to be a moment after the wedding where she has her self-realization of, I don't need a relationship. I don't need a guy. I am happy with just me. It doesn't need to be that conversation. It needs to happen before. I think that that's, I think you you go for, I think you could go for the, the conversation with the mentor to then having the conversation later with the friend where like the friend and her both explain the same thing. Like the friend's so like, I'm, the, I'm so much happier when I'm like this. She's like, yeah, you're right. I mean, I realized that like you were so stressed the whole time you were with him and you've always been happier alone. So like, and they both kind of get it. Yeah. Something, something that comes to mind as a concept. Did you guys ever see the musical Legally Blonde? Oh yeah. Like the movie. So you have this conversation with um, her and uh, 
God, what's his name? Hunter? Oh, the boyfriend? The boyfriend. Um, yeah, I don't I don't remember that. <laughs> ah, whatever his name is. So L and uh, whatever his name is, um, they're having this conversation and she thinks that he's going to propose. He's actually breaking up with her and the language that he's using is not explicit, right? It's, it's yeah. very sweet. So I think you could have that kind of, um, you could have that in the buildup to the wedding. That's when she thinks that she's breaking up with him. He takes it as like, oh, stuff is getting more serious. And that's when we have the th- miscommunication with the threesome that builds from, oh, I thought we were doing this. No, I was just trying to wingman you. Wingman you, aren't we together? No, I broke up with you. You broke up with me. I was going to ask you to move to LA with me. Yeah. And that's like the build, 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 build. There are no bad people, only bad fits for each other in this movie. The friend is like disappointed and, you know, kind of saddened by this because, you know, here she thought that this was going to be a double happiness success story. Then she goes off to her mentor. She has this moment of realization, this moment of um, affirmation and validation. And then we have kind of in the last scene or two, we have these two friends coming together and we don't even have to say it explicitly, but it's the kind of thing where, you know, she looks at her friend and she's like, you seem so much happier with John. And her friend looks at her and she's like, you seem so much happier now too. Yeah. You know, and it's just that little moment of maybe, maybe the friend is there seeing their new apartment you know she's seeing the new apartment that she just bought and she's like you're really happy like this aren't you and she's like yeah i am so as you were talking i kind of had first off warner warner yes warner okay warner um as you were talking i kind of had a few thoughts running through my head like the last 15 minutes of this you're right the build 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 it goes up and it uh culminates it climaxes And it could end, you know, she's going off to do her own thing. And the friend's kind of like having this moment of, of of not self-realization, but realization for this main character that this is what she wants. This is who she is. She's very happy. I should just be happy for her. And then runs off and supports her, whatever, et cetera. End. Yeah. I I think that that's a really, a really solid, um, base that we have there. I mean, I think the one thing that's in flux is who our supporting influence character is. You know, is there a reason why somebody like that would be at the wedding? Is it, you know, a mutual gay best friend? Is it, who is it? And I feel like that can be um, sorted out in the wash. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, Same with all of the specifics of act one and and all the jokes around dating and all that stuff. But I think we have a pretty good solid structure. Her job could determine that stuff. Oh, there's all kinds of stuff that could determine that. But yeah. I honestly think for right now, I would just go with the idea that it is like a bar patron or a restaurant patron to some place that she frequents. And they just happen to kind of communicate as she's getting ready for these dates. And then they kind of form a, yeah, they form a friendship. You could show them going flying kites at Central Park. Concept. God. So the concept is... This influence character is somebody that like runs the coffee shop that's below the building that she currently lives in. And she's been living in this building for years. The person at the coffee shop knows her. They know each other really well. The person at the coffee shop knows that she's been looking for a new apartment. And that's why she goes back to say goodbye is because she is signing the lease on the new place. You kind of kill two birds with one stone there because you have that uh, 
exposition of, yeah, she's moving and she's moving on. And that's very symbolic. And you get that validation. And maybe she's like, go ahead, Brian. So double concept on top of that. I'm going to play into the coffee shop because I think that's great. She could totally be Gunther. Um, You have her show up at the coffee shop after the wedding. They have their talk. Fast forward to Justin seeing of a few weeks later, she says goodbye. You know, she gets her coffee. She says goodbye. Uh, She goes and sits down and then her friend comes in and that's where they have their final scene. So you actually, for the first time in the whole movie, have the triangle all there at the same place of the friend, the main character and the mentor. And that's kind of the only time that they're all together. And you can share a look or a moment between the friend and the mentor. Um, Triple concept. Oh God. What are we doing? I might have a quadruple (laughs) concept. after Oh my gosh. She buys the coffee shop. She doesn't buy a new place. She buys the coffee shop because her dream is always to own her own cafe. What would happen to the mentor? The mentor would work for her. Ooh. Quadruple concept. Yes. Here we are. So. Oh, yeah. The person who's holding the wedding is her sister saying you need to bring somebody. And her best friend, who is also in a very happy relationship, says, hey, I'm going to help set you up. That gets rid of a little bit of the, the honeymoon problem. Okay. And they can okay. be mutual friends, right? Maybe instead of it's the build up, the build up, the build up. They have the wedding. The sister is definitely there. Whether or not the best friend is there is kind of... um debatable but we'll see and then the resolve is she's going to say goodbye and at the last second the friend shows up to help her move out so like the other one better that one kind of confused me <laughs> not like gonna the, lie i like the double concept better all right let's go back to double concept so wait i mean my- i'm a triple concept kind of guy with the i thought i thought her buying the coffee shop was like better than her getting a new apartment but I don't know. I like the idea of her forming a bond with this person that she kind of talks to every day, but maybe didn't really get to know. And then she's moving, but they now have a friendship. I also like the idea of it. So Danny, yours confused me because I'm confused. Do we have a mentor, a best friend and a sister? Cause that's a lot of secondary characters now. So in, in mine, the sister is just the person who's catalyst catalyst basically saying gotcha. you need to bring somebody to the wedding and that's really all she's there for the best friend is the one who's like we don't even see the sister we right the sister her. right yeah we barely even see the sister yeah i actually you know you mentioned it gets rid of the honeymoon problem i like the honeymoon problem because i Same. feel like it like gives the, you like, that like excuse for later. yeah it gives you that excuse for a small time jump for her to get over like you needed to bring a date to my wedding you ruined my wedding like sort of feelings and start to come around to you seem really happy yeah Yeah. no i mean i think we can go back to double concept with that i think an interesting twist on you know if we really wanted to go serendipitous happy ending is you know the very last conversation that they have the best friend and her is in this other coffee shop and it turns out that the person has uh, made a second storefront in this woman's new building. That could be a little bit of a heartwarming, like, oh, Yeah. Um, I'm in for that. I think something like that, I don't Uh-oh. get mad at me. Oh, I think God. if you do that, we're not you're killing going... characters, Brian, and we're not making it no. animated. No, no to either. But if you do that, you're getting dangerously close to Hallmark territory. And so this I think you do. Movie. They make great cards, Brian. 
here is the lovely thing about rom-coms is I feel like they are a nice sliding scale. You could really, it's, it's almost like you're creating a sim in the Sims 4. You have these sliders. You can make it more and less rom-com. You know, if you really want to ham it up, have that ending. If the, if the company that you pitch it to says, no, we want it a little more realistic, you have a little bit more cut and dry. But this way, you have the options and the opportunities when you go in to pitch it. You can say, here are all of the avenues that we've thought of. We can make it super kitschy. We can make it super clean and tied up endings, or we can make it super indie, super rough, super, you know, edgy. Super. Yeah. Super. Hey, everyone. Just a quick reminder, as always, that these podcasts are for entertainment purposes only. These ideas are fresh, new, and sometimes submitted by you. Anything said is not meant to infringe on the copyright of any existing work of art, and everything is thought of during this show without any previous influence. If it sounds like something you've already seen or heard, what can I say? That's Hollywood, all out of fresh ideas. Thanks, and enjoy. And we're back. Danny has our log line. She'll pitch it, and we will decide if we are going to save the cat or scratch it. Amber Plus None is a rom-com about self-love. When her best friend demands she bring a date to her wedding in 90 days, Amber Dunn must find a plus one. When she finds the perfect man, though, she realizes she might just be happier single. Quick and to the point. Quick elevator pitch. That's what we're here for, baby. I like it. I dig it. Brian. Uh... You know, I said, I think we could write this in like two hours. Like we basically just wrote the movie. However, my feelings on it are. It's not animated. It is not the self-love sort of. The self-love is there in the message. But right now I think I scratch it because I don't think we delved into that enough for it to be unique enough for me. Can't wait to scratch yours later. I love I love the idea and I love that we basically Don't bring your charity in here. We wrapped it all up very <laughs> neatly. But if you're not gonna let me tiny scratch things, tiny scratch. single claw. I saw how big that claw was. <laughs> that was a bear claw. I, I think we could literally write this in two hours and have that idea out there, but I want to be able to have something a little bit more with that self-love. So for that reason, I think I I think I tiny scratch it. I get it. I mean, I think you you wanted something bigger. I, I think I wanted more of a self love, self realization path, and more this of a took story the there. More, yeah, I think this uh, took the, the more rom com. The path been, more traveled. He's been watching those reality TV shows. He wants that reality TV show. Mm. That too hot to handle moment. I mean, Danny. I I do think that there is more to be explored for sure. I think the the problem for me is that like rom coms are more there's more of an equation to rom-coms. You know what I mean? Um, and we kind of just filled in the, the substituted for X and Y. However, I do save it. I 100% save it because I think that I could, I mean, for, for what we're, what we're doing here, you know, we save it as a pitch. I definitely think that I could pick this up, take it somewhere tomorrow and find a team that'd be willing to uh, develop it. Do I think it's ready? No, but I save it. And Justin, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm saving it and watching it tomorrow. 
No, I mean, it's like a little personal because like I do think it'd be cool to see a story about somebody who like can be okay being single at the end of the story versus like having to find love or like so sad that they didn't find love. So I want to see it made. I think romantic comedies are always tough because they're always going to be super similar. So I'm aware that it's not going to be like a deep touching story, but it might scratch the surface for like the next project to be able to come in and make that deeper story. Somebody's got to do it. I think, you know, people are going to relate to a nice fun story like this more than they're going to relate to like a deeper one at first. And can I change my answer? No, it's not animated. (laughs) So the more you guys talk about it, the more I think I do save it because of what Justin just said. You know, there's two paths that we could have gone with this, that path of self-love and really following that, or the path of I am happy and I'm okay being single. And that is okay. And they're both kind of, they're in the same family, but they're a little bit different in how we approach them. I think you're right. I think I do save it because I think this is very makeable. You know, to me, the, the I'm happy with being single and that's okay and I'm okay with it. That's the $20 million budget version of this. The indie version is the path to self-love, finding out who I am, that sort of thing. And I think you could make variations of them and have them be completely different, but virtually the same thing as well. So I actually think I save it. Um, it, it, it puts our foot in the door. And I think it is a very foot in the door, good pitch. That's why this guy does the pitches. Yep. And the the nice thing that I love about it is it's just like it's a sliding scale. You could make this at 90 minutes, make it a nice little tight rom-com that has full of jokes. And it's really just about that moment of discovery. Or you can make it really, truly expand it to be a two hour movie where you have all of those moments along the way. And this is just the overarching plot structure that helps us get from A to B. Absolutely. I mean, you could literally take the story in the direction of like spiritual as well as like you know, mm-hmm. self-love. Like there's so many ways to take it. Um, I think that is our first change of heart. Cut that Cats bear claw. Cats always land on their feet. Cats <laughs> always land on their feet. Ate that bear claw like it was a donut. Oh my goodness. Um, let's wrap this week up with a, what are you watching? Uh, Danny, you got the finger guns out. So you're going first. Yes. So, This weekend, I watched The Florida Project. I hadn't seen it before. You know, typically, I at first, when I was watching the first um, hour, I wasn't super in love with the pacing, I'm going to be honest, um, because it is told from kind of from the kid's point of view. And it reminded me a lot of Boyhood. uh, And I thought that Boyhood had a really slow pacing. But then in the last third of the movie, it really caught me because all of the little things started adding up um, and you really had the underlying plot continuing to happen and i had dreams about it so i it was a beautiful movie well done florida project that's what i got yep brian what are you watching so i am watching or i watched on the recommendation of our previous podcast guest grace aki i watched uh the mandalorian it was fine it was a star wars universe show Overall, it wasn't blowing my socks off, but it was definitely fine. All right, Justin, what are you watching? I was watching the the new Jack White comedy special. Wait, Jack White? Jack, uh, hold on a second. 
Jack White is the, uh, the singer and guitarist and all around awesome person of the White Stripes. So there's a, there's a British comedian <laughs> who's uh, Jack White Whitehall White yeah, yeah. Saul. Whitehall, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, and then I started watching Down to Earth with uh, uh, Zach Efron, but I didn't I didn't even get into it enough to say I watched it. That's the travel one. Yeah. Yeah. I was told good things. I haven't I haven't literally like ten minutes into it. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So not too much on my end, sadly. So the Florida Project, Jack Whitehall, comedy yeah. special, and The Mandalorian. That is what we were watching last week. Uh, Danny had the best show. Florida Project was great. Florida Part Project was very, very, very good. Truly, really, really gorgeous. All right, everybody. Well, that's our show. This has been Can We Save the Cat? And we did. So thank you very much for listening. I'm at official Danny Hanks on Instagram. I'm Justin Eugene at, uh, at Justin Eugene on Instagram. That was great. <laughs> I am at Bredacted on Instagram. Thank you guys so much. This one was a really fun one. Um, see you next week. Bye, guys. Cue outro music. You haven't even heard it yet. Zelda. <laughs>